It must be Thursday. Welcome to Learning Unwrapped, the podcast about your most important life skill, learning. My guest today is the co-founder and executive director of GiveThanks.org, and that's G-I-V-E-T-H-X.org. He is a former teacher who now leads this organization that envisions a future where all schools are safe, equitable, and inclusive, and where all students have the social, emotional, and academic skills to thrive. Give Thanks has produced a digital program, a platform that strengthens students' well-being and social and emotional learning skills through gratitude. Please welcome Mike Fauteur. Hi, Mike. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. So we do share the background of both being teachers. Indeed. That's where, uh, yes, yes, I, I moved from being a teacher to being a, uh, um, an educational, well, I went from teaching, interestingly, I went from teaching to the world of computer science and back to teaching into administration and on to educational consulting. And certainly one of the, um, one of my passions is executive function. And executive function is really the, the, the foundation for social and emotional uh, learning skills. And I wrote a book, uh, um, Building Executive Function, The Missing Link to Student Achievement. So I think our work obviously is aligned in terms of realizing that that is critical for student success. So tell me, what was, the, what was your pivot from moving from teaching to then creating a platform that would actually increase students' uh, social and emotional well-being and academic skills? I was teaching middle and high school math for 12 years, um, the last six of which was with students who they came into my ninth grade classroom on average with fifth grade skills. And I was trying to figure out how to help them essentially learn eight years and four. Mm. And I discovered I was spending a lot of time helping them feel safe, connected, and developing specific skills that would support accelerating their learning. Everybody fears math and uh, I think of it as a language. And if you fall behind, it becomes more and more daunting. I, I was a math teacher, so <laughs> I feel, there, I feel there it. There you go, right? Um, and so I, it turned out using gratitude uh, had a profound impact on the students. Um, we would do things like reflecting on the mistake they were most grateful for as a way to build a growth mindset, which sounded weird at the beginning, but they started to realize was a very healthy way to approach their learning. Um, you know, thanking others for helping them and, and helping them grow. Um, just ways to make connection and um, specific pro-social skills that we know are really important for learning, very visible. Uh, when, we, when we started using gratitude to do that, it made the conditions for learning far stronger and it helped students grow a ton. And um, for about six years straight, students were going three years in a single year. And mm. so folks were saying, well, what are we doing here to produce that outcome? And it turned out social emotional learning and the specific practice of gratitude was, was a key piece. And what led me to step away from the classroom was um, spreading the practice uh, across our school, across multiple schools, and then demand from outside of our schools, from other schools to try and to use the approach. And that led me to say, okay, let's, let's see what I can do here. And I started a nonprofit and the rest is history. That's wonderful. And how long has, uh, has the nonprofit been in existence? Three years now. 
All right. So you're still at the beginning stages, but, uh, and, and you developed, talk a little bit about the platform that you developed, because it's a digital program that schools would purchase, correct? It's correct. Uh, we have a series of practices and lessons. That's the curricular side. And then there's some software that goes with it to facilitate the, the overall program that helps um, add a, a great deal of coherence and safety and, and practice uh, in a very easy way to integrate into what's already going on at schools. Um, and essentially, we built this with our students in the, in the Oakland East Bay out here in California. Um, and it's complex is easy. Simple is very hard. And <laughs> working with them, uh, we wanted to find a way that in minutes in classes, uh, students and teachers could practice gratitude in a way that made students feel connected and reinforce specific skills. And so it's as simple as we finish a task uh, and then uh, you know, I, I thank my partner and they thank me for one thing that made that work go well. And so I pick Nancy and I say, hey, I just want to thank you for um, your, your generous opportunity to let me share my story today. I felt very heard and I appreciated the chance to share. And then from a word bank of uh, social emotional skills that the school uh, defines together, uh, I'm going to pick generosity uh, and I'm going to tag that note of gratitude. And so I picked my person, I wrote my message and I picked a reason and I send it off. And that can be done in minutes. And what ends up happening though, is I start to understand what generosity really is. And Nancy gets feedback on what she's doing when she's demonstrating that. Um, and then also I get feedback when I receive thank you notes. And so it becomes a way of doing things and collecting evidence for character and, and social emotional development as it's happening that students really understand and can use to guide their own learning. And that's so powerful, Mike, because if you think about it, and from my experience being a teacher, sure, students get together, they either work in a group or they might work in pairs. And then there's some time limit. You know, I've, I've designed this framework called the Learner Active Technology Infused Classroom, where the students schedule how they will use their time. So when the kind of time limit is reached and they're ready to move on to things, Generally, you know, we all just say like, okay, next and switch. But imagine if you ask students to pause and thank one another and offer up a reason, something that uh, they each appreciated about one another. That's huge. And yet we had to wait for you to think about it. <laughs> you know, we had to wait for you to come up with that. So it's, oh, a, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. I, I, as my one of my co-founders says, there's there's really no original idea. I certainly didn't invent gratitude, but I, I think it was uh, a lovely experience capturing and, and building this out with the students, just to make it very safe uh, and effective in ways that best serve them. Um, right. and just building on the concept. Well, you made a critical connection. I remember uh, um, Steve Jobs used to say people would call him creative. And he said, creativity isn't something you're necessarily born with. Or He said, creativity is really just a matter of taking the dots and connecting them. So all of this information, all of these activities, experiences are out there. How do we connect them? And, and you just made a huge connection between group work and pairs work in school and showing gratitude. I love that. Uh, now, you have some compelling research on the power of showing gratitude, one study showed that secondary school students in low socioeconomic urban schools using Give Thanks, THX, for five minutes a day for six weeks showed significant increases 
in life and relationship satisfaction and significant decreases in anxiety, negativity, depression, and stress. How do you see the benefits coming from both giving gratitude and receiving gratitude? The research based on gratitude is remarkable. It's yes. the type of thing I think at first glance, people go, maybe that's a little bit squishy of a concept. It's not, it's, it's remarkable. And the research that was done on our program uh, backs it up. And I think it really boils down to two main things. The first is if I thank you, I'm seeing and appreciating you, I'm valuing you. And if I'm valuing you, you wanna be connected to me. You wanna be my friend. You wanna at least have a healthy relationship with me. And that's that first piece on the well-being side, the mental health side, I can feel a greater sense of belonging and connection with others. And just the expression of, to say nothing of the receiving, the expression of gratitude makes me feel happier. Uh, so that's a really big deal on the well-being side for impacting students, particularly when we have stress, anxiety, and depression before the pandemic, to say mm -hmm. nothing of now. But the other piece that's fascinating, whether you're a parent or an educator, catching someone doing something good and recognizing it is a nice. wonderful way to reinforce it, right? Right, and, right. Uh, it just turns out that saying thank you is a natural way to recognize something. So if this month I'm working on with my students or as a school, uh, what it means to be uh, helpful or patient, let's pick helpful. And we really define what does that look and sound like? And we're just gonna make sure we practice thanking people for lots of things, but we're gonna focus on help. You get all these opportunities to really accurately recognize it in others and then get feedback as you're demonstrating it yourself. So it's the well-being and connection piece, but it's also the opportunity to really understand something you're thanking someone for and to get feedback as you're demonstrating it yourself. And I would say the cherry on top to all of this, it's really student-centered. I don't know about you, but I've stood at my whiteboard and I've been one point for Gryffindor minus one from Slytherin. If your name <laughs> goes on this side, you did something good. Your name on this side, not so good. Um, and the people that have to do the work are the students. They don't need me maybe having some variance in how I'm positively recognizing people or maybe critically recognizing people. That way, we and should say that was a Harry Potter reference, right? It was, it was yeah. indeed. And I, and I think- For those of us old folks who might be sitting there going, what is he talking about? No, what okay. is he talking about? But I think people remember gold star charts, right? Or getting your name on the wrong side of that board. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a longer conversation, but when you have the teacher as the gatekeeper for positive or critical recognition, Implicit bias can get in the mix. I might only be recognizing the people who speak up and participate a lot, for example, or going much deeper, it could have variance based on race, class, gender, popularity, any number of things in people's identities. And so shifting the work for positively recognizing others onto the students, well, it doesn't solve implicit bias, it can mitigate it, and it can help students do the work and own the work in really important ways that creates a healthy culture for learning that's not dependent on the teacher. I see we have another intersection of our work because uh, my first book that I wrote was called Students Taking Charge. And it's really all about the fact that we have to get the teacher out of the place of controlling everything overtly. You know, they can control by creating the environment 
the structure for it. I, I like to uh, liken it to a swimming pool. You know, you create the swimming pool and the boundaries, but let the kids dive in and, and swim around and go in whatever direction. So I talk about the importance of students choosing how they learn and when they learn and where they learn, with whom they learn. So, and scheduling their own time because that gives them so many life skills. And so I love that you're, you're now adding a dimension that I had not thought of, which is also put students in charge of showing gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, you know, you, you're talking right now, and we'll, we will get to elementary, but we're talking about uh, your kind of middle school, high school kids. And I remember I was talking to a friend's daughter when she was in sixth grade, and sixth grade can be very daunting as students go up there and really try to find their way socially. And these days, uh, you know, our students are kind of miserable to one another when it comes to uh, that that age level. And I told her, it's okay. Sixth grade was hard for all of us. You know, I had I had trouble in sixth grade. And I want to say that the only thing worse than sixth grade is seventh grade. <laughs> and she said, like, oh, thanks a lot. But talk to me. Like, you have actually come up with the antidote, if you will, to teenage uh, challenges in school. It's interesting when we built this. I, I believe fundamentally in practice first, tech second. The world does not always need another piece of technology or a shiny solution in search of a problem. Uh, sometimes I feel like that's the default approach out here in Silicon Valley and the Bay Area. What I think was really critical was when we set out to figure out how to make gratitude more effective and safer for everybody, uh, we started with the students. And we started with the students who had traditionally marginalized experiences and voices. It could be learning needs, it could be language learners, it could be students who just felt more shy. It could be young women who didn't always feel safe participating online. We really tried to center them in the work and it was remarkable what came out of it. What we realized was um, when we built the technology, you can only thank one person at a time as, a, as an example of a decision we made that the students guided. Mm -hmm. And some people say, well, why can't I just click everyone in my class and say, thank you? I said, well, the reason the students said is because it replicated the same lack of safety of standing up and publicly expressing myself in front of others, but just online. In the worst case, it was trolling for likes, it was disingenuous, it was performative. Um, and an example of that could be young men for who expressing thanks to, let's say, another young man could be viewed as not masculine by some. And that didn't feel safe for them to access expressing gratitude to another, their social emotional learning. And so designing it with the students, they said, let's just make it so you can only thank one person at a time. And in fact, don't let them reply because people are terrible at receiving thanks. Just sit there and be thanked. And we don't want another chat app, they said. And when you think about it, those decisions are very small, but really important to create a safer experience for students where right. people aren't looking to clown around or bully. Um, however, it may not be the most viral spreading you know, get as many clicks approach as you can take, but it was really important to students for them to feel safe, particularly students of different identities, whether it be gender, like the example I gave, uh, or perhaps, again, language, race, class, popularity. It allows people to connect in a safe way, and uh, social media is pervasive, it's challenging, but creating a space and a mechanism where people can connect and express uh, thanks to one another, including teachers to students, teachers to administrators, the custodians, the bus drivers, all the people in the learning community, 
that was really important to the students as we designed with them. And I think that made all the difference uh, for why the program is so successful. Mm. And it's fascinating that the students were involved in creating it. So even they themselves are seeing some of these needs because safety, there's certainly the need for physical safety, but there's a huge need for that emotional safety. And that is what is just seemingly naturally lacking when you hit your uh, adolescent years. And so spot on right there. And unfortunately, technology, and I love technology, but platforms like social media have allowed us to create even less security and safety when it comes to communicating with one another, because the idea that you can, um, you know, if you, if, if, if I don't see you, then all bets are off. I'll do whatever I want. I, I often get upset when I'm driving at the person who sees you sitting in that long line of traffic to exit and then just like drives up right alongside you and dives in. And I always think to myself, but if I were online at a, at a grocery store, would anyone ever think of pulling up and shoving their shopping cart in front of you? No, because you're right there. You can see each other. You can touch each other. You can, you know, so it's like, no, we don't do that. We behave. So I think this idea of how do we learn to behave as social beings with one another um, and use technology in ways that can be productive is really important. And it's something that give thanks is actually contributing to the world today. So thanks for that. Um, now on the elementary level, I know that a second grade teacher pointed out that engagement with give thanks improves students' self-awareness and develops their empathy and compassion for others. How do you see self-awareness relating to gratitude? A short story to answer that question. I, when I started my teaching career was handed a small purple folder from a mentor. And I said, well, what is this for? And they said, put every thank you note you get from a colleague, a parent, a student in the folder. You want to open it from time to time over the years. And it was very true. It helped recharge me, helped me stay grounded and focused for why I was doing the work. One day, a few years ago, it was after school. It was on my desk. I took it out. I started moving the thank you notes from all the years of my teaching around into piles by reason. I don't know why I did this. What was interesting is I started to see this informal bar graph, if you will, appear, piles of notes. And there was this one pile that really, I would say, was about patience. And I don't think of myself as a patient person. But what was really interesting is as I looked through the notes, the evidence, if you will, the people told me what it was I did to demonstrate patience that they were thankful for. And I started wondering, what if students could see this? They can have every thank you note in one place, uh, sorted by reason. And they could tell what actions of theirs led to that impact on others in their community. What amount of self-awareness, to answer your question, could that develop about their character strengths and the impact of their actions? And that's the lovely thing about using gratitude. It's a beautiful way to recognize things in action and to make character development and social skill development very visible to people. Uh, and so students see all their thank you notes in one place. And so in the elementary space, you have students who perhaps they're struggling socially, maybe academically, but I can still remember this one student who did struggle in both those areas. He was in third grade and he said, you know, I really like this because it allows people 
to not think of me as a bad person. Mm. And that stopped me in my tracks. And I said, well, what do you mean? Tell me a little more. He goes, well, you know, sometimes I have trouble with other people, but I also know that people are thankful to me for, uh, you know, being courageous. And I said, well, what do you mean courageous? Why is that bar on your graph? And why are there a lot of thank you notes there? And he said, because I'm willing to go first. And so he had connected in elementary school that going first when others might be stressed out about that um, was an action of his that had a positive impact on others because it lowered their stress. And so even though he had conflict and he struggled, his self-awareness and his self-esteem, he had concrete evidence um, in a positive way about himself. It was a really big deal. And I'm not just talking about sharing that at a parent-led conference, but, you know, the day-to-day, the well-being uh, and the sense of self and value, it, it's a really big deal. And so I, that's how I think um, it can support self-awareness, not just in elementary, but certainly there in those formative years. Right, right. That's that's great, Mike. Thanks. And, and thanks for being here with me. Uh, I, um, I, you know, I want to go back to, or really forward to, like, what's what's next for you? We're excited to extend the program uh, to the family stakeholder. Just as families read to their children at home to complement literacy work at school, imagine parents being able to practice at home thanking their children for the things that they want to see in them as they develop those skills and behaviors in their family. That's Um, huge. There's another reason it came out of the pandemic uh, a lot. There's this huge groundswell of parents who certainly appreciate education in a new way because some of them were sort of drafted into becoming teachers at home, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a strong desire for them to be able to reach out and thank and connect with the teachers and all of the educators uh, at school doing their best to support and and, uh, and educate their child. And so we're really excited to to expand to the families, to to make the program far more well-rounded and inclusive and effective, and also uh, tip our toes in the water to some international pilots that we have going on. It turns out gratitude is rather universal. Absolutely. And and your program sounds fascinating. Uh, and again, if anybody's looking into it, looking for this platform in the schools, give thanks, G-I-V-E-T-H-X dot org. You can find out more about Mike's program. Uh, so, okay, Mike, let's unwrap the learning. What advice would you give to our listeners for making a difference to students through gratitude? I would say saying thank you to a student has been one of the most effective ways for teachers, and I speak from personal experience, to create a healthy relationship with a child. Mm. And relationships, relationships, relationships matter, particularly in school. And, um, I found that some of the students I worked hardest to figure out how to connect to, gratitude was a very effective way to begin that process of building that connection. And just, it can start with educators noticing students and just meeting expectations and just saying thank you to the student because it helps the class learn and move along in a positive way. And then going deeper as time goes by because who doesn't want to feel seen and valued? And so... Um, it doesn't have to be big. It can just be verbal to start, um, but it's just an absolutely remarkable way. And for uh, those looking for a next level move, uh, the positive home contact is one of the most 
effective ways to see impact on a child. It could be a text message. Hey, so-and-so, I just want to let you know that um, your, your child did this and I'm just really thankful for it. It, you know, it made everything so much better and I really appreciate them. And it just blows the minds of families and they see their child in a new way. And the child certainly appreciates being recognized that way. So that, those are a couple ideas for ways that I think folks can take this in a practical way and get started and see impact with their, with their students. Well, all I can say is thank you, Mike. Thank, thank you, you for thank you for being a teacher and for a very noble uh, profession, and thank you for moving forward and and creating this awesome platform. Give thanks so that uh, students can begin to build their academic and social skills through gratitude. Give thanks thx .org. Well, that's a wrap. I'm glad you could join me. I hope you'll subscribe, like, and share this podcast and help me spread the word about the power of learning. Till next time.